Hey, this is Dewey from Pure Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, it all costs money. And I always try to find the best deal for sure uh, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help bring more in-person interviews, more travel, more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free. Uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, you can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go. Um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing. And I thank you so much. Hey, this is Emily White, host of the Interning 101 podcast, part of the Jabberjob Media Podcast Network. Interning 101 brings you interviews from everyone from execs who began as interns to what your dream jobs are looking for in interns. We'll be providing additional wisdom from myself, along with other entertainment and business professionals whose experience provide insights into the interning experience and beyond through a successful career. Listen and subscribe at jabberjobmedia.com. And thanks so much. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Are you looking for a new set of scrims or a backdrop for your live show? What about wall flags to have at your merch table or online store? This is Dewey from Pure Pleasure, and I want to tell you about ArtistFlags.com. ArtistFlags.com has the lowest pricing and the best quality around. Their prices start at $119, and they can help you choose the best material and sizes for your band, all while keeping your budget in mind. Use the coupon code PEERFLAG, that's P-E-E-R-F-L-A-G at checkout to get $30 off your next order. Satisfied bands who have used ArtistFlags.com are Dance Gavin Dance, I Prevail, Darkest Hour, Senses Fail, Ice Nine Kills, Lorna Shore, Afterlife, and many more. Check them out today. Welcome, Pleasure Seekers, to Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas. I am your host, Dewey, your host with the most, 
bringing great content once again another week, week after week, every single week. This week we have a great guest, a good old friend of mine from back in my touring days and uh, up until now, Mr. Anthony Green from Circus Survive and Seosin. Uh, Anthony and I met back in 2003, I believe, uh, on one of Seosin's first tours. Um, at, I was with Anatomy of a Ghost at the time, and uh, we did the first, I think, three or four shows uh, of that tour. Um, we skipped like an East Coast run to go and do that. Um, we talk about it a little on the episode, how we got the demo from Rich Balling from our Expandits and uh, out front of the Cobalt Cafe uh, in Los Angeles. Put it in thinking it was uh, some random just garbage demo and put it in and it blew our minds and uh, ended up being a huge, enormous band and great friends and uh, really, really love those guys. So uh, it was awesome to reconnect with Anthony. We haven't talked in a long time. Uh, He's been very busy and so have I. So uh, I have the three kids. He has four boys. And so we talked about fatherhood and marriage and uh, all about music and uh, substance abuse and just overall perspective on life. And that's what I love on this show is being able to say what we want, talk about what we want, get these stories out there for people to hear. Hopefully Anthony's story helps uh, any of you out there struggling uh, with addiction problems. Um, You know, hearing his story and his outlook uh, hopefully brings someone out of the out of the darkness and uh, help you get back on your feet. Uh, Anthony's been extremely lucky with his story he'll talk about in the episode. Um, but you know, going some dark holes with, uh, with drug use and then coming out and really having one of the best, you know, tour families and real families, you know, you could have, um, the, the people he's surrounded with are fantastic. Um, and I think really saved him. So, uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, I know we had a blast doing it. Um, and it was great to reconnect. So uh, we are at peerpleasurepodcast.com. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter. Definitely follow us on there for uh, upcoming guests. And uh, then you know subscribe to our RSS feed and subscribe and rate on iTunes. We really love it when you guys uh, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Helps us out a lot. And we like to see what you guys are thinking, what you're thinking of the episodes, uh, the guests. And uh, hit me up at peerpleasurepod at gmail.com if you have guest ideas, people you want to have on the show. Um, I know Anthony was requested uh, by a listener um, way back in the beginning, and uh, we just got around to doing it. Um, but it was awesome to get that recommendation, which, you know, Anthony was already on my list. Um, but I like to be able to, to get the guests on that people want to hear. Um, so uh, without further ado... Well, let's get into my episode with Anthony Green from Circus Survive. Anthony Green, what's up, my friend? Can you hear me? I can hear you good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you perfect. 
Right on, man. How you doing? Good, dude. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Just uh, hanging out at Zach's house. <laughs> nice. So you're, you're chilling there while they're away? Yeah, I'm just, well, I'm just recording here because my kids are too loud. and, and uh, it, it's How many a, kids do you have? I got three, man. Man, that's cool. I'm nice. right behind that's you. That's cool. <laughs> that's right. I think once you get above, I think once you hit three, it's all all pretty much the same yeah yeah i th- i think that even with two it's we have two well i have a yeah. stepdaughter who's 17 and then i have uh two littles i have a five-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter and and two kids under five and under are just complete chaos i think you could have 10 and be exactly the same <laughs> yeah but, oh that's pretty cool man so you have you have kind of the span of ages that's pretty that's pretty great yeah it's cool it's built-in babysitter <laughs> with uh that's right with Callie but uh we try not to put too much on her but every once in a while we're like hey can you take the kids for a little while or um you know if everyone needs a break or whatnot but she's she's great yeah. with them and and uh my son has special needs so he's very uh sensory and uh things like that just make it difficult sometimes just do simple things like go to the store or uh you know, right. anything that way, but she's great with him. And so is my three-year-old. So, um, oh, man, that's tough. It's, it's really cool that everybody's, uh, so awful. yeah, man. And, and so I, I think my wife and, 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 uh, your wife are probably in the same boat cause you're gone a lot. I'm gone a whole lot. And, and, uh, she has to deal with all the kids all the time on her own. And it's just, oh man, yep. props to them, man. That's like, that's like a that's been the foundation of a lot of our conversations over the last few years too i think um like just between her and i it's it's you know it's a it's definitely um it's definitely a really challenging thing and uh i so much so many i mean props this is insane like how how i i wouldn't be able to do any of any of the things that i do without her it's crazy yeah and i've same here and you're i mean when you guys talk about that, what comes up? Like, is she, I know she's totally supportive of, of music and, and what you do, but has there been times where she's like, you know, can you, can you stop for a while or, uh, you know, how much longer I mean, is this going to go on or. I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the same as it would be for anybody like kids while partners away for, and it's, uh, it's it's a tough thing. You want to break, you know. And there, you, you know, just like everybody, you know, who's giver in, in this situation. There are times where your patience and everything is being tested so much, and you need a break, but you just can't have one. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't get one, you know. Yeah. And uh, you have to deal, and you have to cope with that, you know. And that's that's a tough situation. It puts anybody, you know in the hot seat and there isn't a right and a wrong thing. It's just about learning, you know, and we talk about that a lot. You know, there's definitely, I mean, I've, I've had experiences where I've been with the boys or two of the boys for just a, a few days and it's overwhelming, you know, to be by yourself. And, um, yeah, I, it's, it's really tough. And there's definitely been times where, it, you know, right now the way Circa works, is and the way like I'm trying to tour is that we don't tour for six weeks at a time, you know, where I have to come home for just a day or two here or there. We're trying to adjust the the model of touring so that we're only gone for like a few weeks 
which is and you know isn't so bad you know um, mm-hmm. at this time when they're so little my boys are all like under six and they change so fast and so like when you're missing three weeks at a time that's a big chunk of time you know it's and it's weird because everybody's always telling us that it's like never you know you got to enjoy this now cuz you're going to miss it someday and mm-hmm. that's something that looms over that looms over all the time like shit i don't want to miss out on this thing and then look back and realize that like i don't know i just I, you know i don't want to set myself up for that either but sure it's just it's weird it's weird well you're able to incorporate the boys in too to what you do and stuff i see all the the pictures and stuff of them on the side of the stage with their earmuffs on and, and, uh, or on the bus or, um, that's one thing that was really interesting to me as I was kind of, you know, I was prepping a little bit for this interview and, and, uh, cause you and I haven't seen each other in a really long time and we didn't know each other that well at the time anyway. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to prep a little bit for it and I was looking through things and I was just thinking in my head, you know, uh, because you've with Seosin and 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 now Circa and the solo stuff, I mean, you've got and I know you know this, but you've got a certain amount of celebrity that surrounds you more so, I think, than the other members of of either of the bands. And I, I know it's it may be the frontman thing or or what. And I know I know everyone's aware of that. But when you started to have a family, you know, was there a conscious decision to? Uh, I guess, or our conversation that came about that said, you know, are we going to put the family out there or are we going to kind of keep them hidden away as far as in the public eye, like Instagram per se, like the kids are always out there. And I think it's awesome. I think it's, I I think it's uh, great to get ahead of things instead of having people trying to hunt down, Oh, who's Anthony's kids or blah, 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 putting them out there on your own terms. I think that was super brave, but also a really smart idea. And I wasn't sure if that's something you guys discussed, you know, when you started having kids. There was never like a discussion about any of that stuff. The whole whole front man thing is something that that doesn't really come into like my, my, my world outside of like touring and playing shows when it's like right there Mm -hmm. in front of me. And there, when we when we started playing around on like social media as like you know individuals or a couple or whatever, it was just like a thing we were doing like to like everybody else was doing, just like oh look at this cool shit, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. and that's all it ever was. It was never like hey, hey you know, we put it, it, it. Later on, other people would come to us and say like, hey, putting your family out there in the world, like into these people and <clears throat> maybe we're just naive about it. Or maybe that's just like what we try. We try to be slightly naive about it for creative purposes, but then taking a step back and thinking like, wow, is this a dangerous thing? And we kind of just look at it like it's like a, you know, in the beginning it was just kind of like this thing we were doing for ourselves and our family and friends. And it wasn't a thing where we were using the 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 Instagram or, or for like ads, you know. Like mm-hmm. it was like, I feel like my when I when I first using MySpace and Facebook for band stuff and to, to talk to people, it was like, okay, well, this is like a way to like post show flyers <laughs> so everybody <laughs> could see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was like how I thought about stuff, and it was for a long time. I would think about like, this is the way I can get people to come to shows, and that was really it. 
And, uh, you know, when we started posting pictures of the boys, it was just like, look at these fucking cool people that we, we made, you know, like, yeah. look at these cool creatures, like, holy shit, we were just enamored by them. And we had this way to share them, and almost like a song, like, holy shit, I like, have this feeling and I want to share it, you know, and you just sort of put it out there. And, uh, it, you know, I don't know if there's like a social, if it's socially irresponsible to do, I think <laughs> at one point we just looked at each other and we're like, well, we're going to figure it out, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's weird to think about people watching them grow up, but yeah. they're so detached. I feel like they're really detached from it. It's like very, it's not often that people are coming up to them like, oh my God, you're James and Luke from, from this or that. Or, you know, for the most part, I think that they are sort of detached from it a little bit. It's going to be fucked up when they grow up and they <laughs> see all this shit. It's been out there forever. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it's like socially irresponsible or not. Or if it's bad for them, I don't feel like it. Is. I don't feel like we would post anything that would like, you know. It's just these cute little things. I we've I'll definitely calmed down with it a little bit, um, and I think that it's become sort of a thing where okay, we we have to be, just, you know, if we're gonna post something that's on our street or that's around, but for the most part, it just plays like a fun role in our life, and it's a way for me to like post about my shows. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, and then Meredith being on the cover of the records and, and stuff like that, like that's pretty well exposed as well. I mean, the, is that, yeah. was that, uh, something you guys talked about or was that her idea or was it, is it, uh, that was my, it was my idea. So the first time, the first, for the first album cover, I just thought she just took these pictures and I had them and it was easy. And then I thought we, I had the idea for each cover that had her, pretty much each cover I had like just an idea for it in my mind. Like I saw it in my mind. I was like, it would be cool to have you like make it in the woods running around. Yeah. <laughs> and she would, she was like, it kind of ended the idea of like trying to make sure it would be tasteful. Of course. Sure. You know, because she knows me, she knows me and she knows that I'm sometimes I will, you know, need to be checked with that stuff. And, um, the picture for young legs was just a, a, a mid a mad, like I had it, I saw it one day in my head. I was like, it'll be cool. And she came down and started taking pictures of them by this piano and by their feet. And, uh, it was just like, it just was perfect. And we just thought, I, you know, I would bring it up to her. What do you think? And she would say, Oh, we'll take some pictures and see. And then we just, I would just always force her to pick one and make that the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. But she, I mean, honestly, from the beginning of the bit, she's been like my my muse for a really, really long time. And it's she brought it up herself when we were like talking today. Like sometimes it's for better or for worse. You know, you you definitely <clears throat> you you play uh, like a million different roles in your life with in a relationship, and um, you know, she's like the best mom in the entire world. And she's been like the best friend to me ever and supportive beyond belief. And it's, it's, it's fucked up to like have an album. It's fucked up to listen to songs like on one, there's like songs on all the albums that are, uh, you know, influenced by her in different ways. And some of them are about like never wanting to talk to her again. And then like there's ones about like wanting to marry her, you Uh know? So it's, it's, kind of chaotic yeah but you have a document uh, like you have documentation of your whole relationship i mean where you were that's one of the coolest things about being in music and creating man because i mean especially the stuff you've done pretty much since the beginning i mean there's some screaming in it but not a ton of it 
And so you can understand yeah. what's being said. And that's, I mean, with this, with this podcast for me, I've said it a million times, but you know, having documentation for my kids to go back when I'm gone and listen to my voice and hear what I was thinking. Cause you go back to, you know, the anatomy of ghost shit or like any of that stuff where there's all this screaming, like what the fuck is dad saying? Like yeah. they can't get into that. But with yours, they can understand that you're, they get that you're angry. You yes. know, they get that there was like aggression there. Yeah, exactly. Like, you I know, mean, the way I, the, what I see that you're doing with, with this podcast is like, is almost the same way that like, and we think of ourselves as this like technologically advanced, like people, right? But you're, uh, you're like, this is like, this is like the, this is like cave drawings. You know what I mean? Like somehow this is going to be a relic to a, 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 in the in the distant future, and we're going to be learning. People are going to be learning so much about uh, about about themselves at that time because of the way we're expressing ourselves now and how we are able to do it and talk about things that make us. Uh, you know, passionate and things that make us terrified and, and share all that and put that out there in a social way, you know, in a way that isn't just like around, it's around like a, a vast water cooler, yeah. you know, of where people can just kind of stations being able to like kind of uh, archive these mo- like moments like this is really special. It's something I haven't really appreciated about. I haven't, didn't get on the podcast train for a little while. I just started really listening to some things, but I haven't even hit the iceberg of it. Colin, who uh, is who sent me your uh, number, was like, "Dude, you gotta fucking talk to Dewey. Fucking, you gotta get, you gotta get on this shit." And he's always sending me cool shit to listen to. Yeah, and he's kind of the guy that he he and our tour manager Jeff uh, is our kind of turned me on to podcasts. And I really, I think it's, I think it's really cool. I would do it. I would do it if I, I could, I would try to do it if I wasn't, if I didn't, if I, if I could talk better. <laughs> <laughs> you can sing all day long, but you can't speak. This. <laughs> I need to sit down and think for like hours before I put down like lyrics. Like I'm not good at off the cuff. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You should start one, man. You know, so many people and you know, you could monetize it even. I mean, uh, simply. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to stick to writing. I'm going to try. I'm still trying to get really good at writing songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm picking one thing. Well, the one that I can just get good at one thing. The cool thing about the podcasting, too, is it's preserving conversation. Like when everyone just texts all the time and or emails and yeah. no one talks to each other anymore. That's another thing with these, like you said, cave drawings. Like it's going to show wow, people actually talk to each other, you know, and about anything, literally anything. There's a podcast for everything. I mean, yeah, it really is. It's outrageous. And speak, I was going to bring this it's up. Kinda cool. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool in a way because like, if you stumble upon like, you can find like, like kids, like kids are like 23 that are just like weirdos talking in their like dorm room to people. Like <laughs> it's so crazy what's out there. YouTube videos are like, like weird uh, people who are like obsessed with Disney or obsessed with like, I don't know anything. Like there's like a Instagram where this chick just smushes her face on bread. I think she does it for money too. I think she does it for money. I think she, I think she's fucking figured out right away. Like, all right, this is some way I can make some loot off this dude. Oh and I think God. it's fucking, it's incredible. Yeah. I think it's incredible. It's like this incredible thing. And if, if, if we're able to like, 
uh, counterbalance it a little bit with uh, like some like with some humanity, you know, then it's going to be really it's going to be really cool for for people, you know. Yeah. But I feel like it's just like any it's like just like any new thing. It's just going to be it's going to be pulled in one direction and the other, and it's going to be just used for like pure good or pure evil. Yeah. All the time. Absolutely, man. And the, the, um, the way it's, it's so weird because there's YouTube videos. My daughter watches YouTube videos on the iPad of people opening toys, like unwrapping toys. And there's millions of views. That's a huge thing. They don't even get to play with that about it too. It's no, crazy. It's just, it's just people unwrapping toys. Yeah. Or surprise eggs. That's her other it's favorite crazy. thing. Surprise eggs. And oh my God. But speaking. There's people just eating candy. There's yeah. people eating food. People tying their shoes, smelling shoes. Dude eating 12 cheeseburgers I mean, in a can with Crystal Pepsi. Do you think he would have <laughs> toured in a van for, for two or three years if you had the capabilities of just like like farting on a cake and, and making a video of it and maybe like maybe doing that. <laughs> I may have done a complete different direction with my life. Yeah, I think I might have, but I was trying to think about the, the, when like the, I remember it kind of remember the first time that I met you, I feel like that was in, was in Portland at that house. that was like that. It was like this weird house where you guys were all living at. Yeah. Maybe you weren't living there. Were you living there too? No, I wasn't. And I was with Say, and I was, I was with Sayosin, and I remember being in the band at the time, and like being like, ev- like going everywhere with people, and people being like, "Who are these like SoCal dudes?" Yeah, and like, um, really, really getting along with you guys, and really loving, loving all of you. That was the coolest part of that whole thing because when we first got the Sayosin demo we okay so we were fucking we we're on tour the name of ghost we're down in at the cobalt cafe in uh fuck i don't remember it's down in los angeles somewhere um and we were in this back alley where we load in and out and rich balling from uh rx bandits and sounds yeah. animals fighting uh comes up to yeah. us and is like dudes okay and john gorley knew him so He's like, you got to check out this CD, dude. You got to check out. And it was a CD, of course, which was t- dates. <laughs> yeah. it. You got to check out the CD. It's in a it's in a white paper bag. And uh, he's like, dude, this is some guys from Open Hand and the drum tech for Slayer. And we're like, yeah, okay, we'll check it out. And we almost <laughs> threw it out. We almost were like, fuck this. No way. And then we put it yeah. in and we're like, holy shit, this is rad. And uh, <laughs> from then on, like we, John was always playing it in the van. And uh, we we eventually got a call from our manager that was like, hey, I know you guys are going to head to the East Coast, but can you do these shows with Sayosin? Their first show's already sold out. I'm like, what? Who are these guys? And then, you know, as the rumor mill starts happening, we started getting all these people telling us all these fucking, fucking stories saying like, oh, man, those guys, stay away from those guys. They're crazy. They're doing a yeah. bunch of coke and circle jerks in the van yeah, and, we, and fucking girls. Dude, and... we we had, like, a crazy reputation. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was it's... awful, but when I look, when... that's It was absolutely. Everybody thought we were pieces of shit. Everybody thought we were pieces of shit. That's exactly what we were told the whole time. And it wasn't from anyone <laughs> we knew. It was random kids. And people. so when we yeah. got to the first show with it was prob- you guys and the bled and us and Boys Night Out 
and we got to the show yep. and we and I hadn't seen you yet. I saw the other guys and I was like, okay. And I and I go up and say hi and blah 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 and, and everyone's cool and I was like, cool, right on. And then you guys went on stage. That's the first time I saw you, you had like this crazy bowl cut. And yeah. I was like, who the <laughs> fuck is that? And then <laughs> I was like, that's him? That's the voice? <laughs> and uh you guys played and it was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And you guys are the sweetest guys. And it was just like, why are these fucking crazy rumors? Where how do these even start? And it was just crazy. I think that, well, I think that we definitely, I mean, I think that we were, you know, we were, we were just young and, and, and I don't know how that happened, but I know we had a bad reputation for a while for doing crazy shit, but I don't think we did that much crazy shit. Yeah. No but more I definitely than anyone think else. The Southern, the Southern California thing comes off weird to some people and being from Philadelphia and being out there, it came off weird to me. And yeah. there was times where I was like on tour and sometimes it would like rub the wrong way. And I would end up like in the van with like dudes from every time I die and then being like, dude, what's up with your band? I'm like, I don't know. They're from the West coast. I think they're just like, from the West coast and that's just it, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think that we were all, we were all just young and wanted to be, wanted to be like that wild and crazy shit. I remember see, I remember seeing you guys and thinking that you were like the cool, you were the cool. I remember, I remember the bowl cut. I was trying to look as weird as possible, but <laughs> I remember it, <laughs> seeing you and John and Joe. I remember you guys, dude, you guys were dressed so cool. You had like the cool, you were like, had like all thrift clothes on from the seventies and nice shoes. And you fucking rocked out so hard. John <laughs> wears this morning's crazy hat. <laughs> I remember just thinking, Pitt. like, oh my God, John, like this fucking, Curly haired fucking Brad Pitt, one fucking lookalike is blowing my mind. Yeah, and I remember thinking that I remember sitting by him one day, and he pulled out a bunch of. And I don't know if this should be on. I mean, I'm not even gonna say that. I'm not gonna say it on the podcast. No, you can. I just remember it. thinking like this guy is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like he is actually, actually insane. And I had some really. I mean, I've had really really fun times, enlightening conversations with with those guys. Yeah, and man. I can't remember anything we did together. I can't really remember anything we did together. I, sh- I don't remember it. I remember hanging out like with Joe in the early days of Circa and hanging out at like with Joe and John and Zach when they lived in Portland, but I fucking, I literally can't remember so much. My memory is so jacked from, from just lots of, lots and lots of, of drugs and alcohol for a long time. And there's like times where I've blocked out, like when we were doing this 10 year anniversary for this, this record that Circa did, I, I was like taking tons of Xanax when we were, were writing that record. Like I had ordered it online from some like Pakistani pharmacy or something. Like I joined this thing and like spent like $300 and bought a bunch of weird Xanax, like a fuckload of it. And it got sent to me in like a weird uh, DVD case. Like it was a crazy illegal thing. And I was taking tons of it for like that whole time when I was writing the record and I would get fucked up and drink and take a bunch of it and write stuff. And I forgot, I really don't remember lots of things from from that time period. And I'm, I'm talking about the record every day to people. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> this is fucked up. Like, me- even just like the early days of touring with Circa while I was still getting fucked up, I, 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 I can't remember lots of chunk. And that's a fucking shitty thing as a, an adult who's like 
you know, I'm, I've been, you know, off of heroin for three years and it's still every, I feel like I'm still recovering from it mentally. Like not even just that, but for years before that, I was like drinking all the time, taking weird pharmaceuticals, psychedelics, and just always doing shit like that. So having lots of time where my brain is not intoxicated like that is like, been, it's been weird waking up to certain things like I kind of like getting up in the morning like I love exercising like I feel better when I do this like just things I never figured out when I was when I was a kid and um, it's it's fucked up to be go to go back to a place that you've been to a hundred times and not remember somebody you not remember something and not remember years you know songs albums yeah and well I guess the I mean when I talked to Colin about the the um 10 year anniversary tour for on letting go. I was asking him kind of his take on it because, you know, a lot of people look at these tours, like these nostalgia tours, they call them as like money grabs and things like that. And I didn't feel you guys were doing that at all, but it's kind of like you got a second chance. You got to go back and live that, what it would have maybe been like, but on a larger scale, I'm, I'm guessing. And you know, it's kind of like a second chance, I guess at that. I had no idea. I, kind of, I guess it do, it does kind of feel like it's actually kind of a cool way of putting it. I mean, that you did. I, you I went know. and toured I, on I the record. I feel like I couldn't you... sing. I couldn't sing these songs when we did the record. Like I, we, all this stuff was written in the studio. You know, like when I had to, I didn't know how to sing. Like I was just belting everything like crazy, singing the songs on the, this cycle. It was like wow. I like just knowing tiny little bit of tricks here and there, and having done it for a little while, you figure out how to make it work. You know if you want to not feel bad, you know, when you're doing it. And, it, but it's like, I felt so good singing songs that I remember like practicing after we did the record, like, you know, and being like, I can't sing this fucking song live. We can't ever play it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. We shouldn't have fucking written it. Like, we shouldn't have written it like this. I was curious on that I too. Out if I could sing it. Cause you had, well, I, I, so, um, when you put out that song, get out, there's at the end yeah. of the big crescendo there, it, it, you hit this note that's outrageous. <laughs> and I remember I was at work and I was, it, and I, I, when I was working in an office at the time and I had YouTube or whatever, and, and, uh, this thing came up on my YouTube, uh, Circa was doing like AOL sessions or something, something where it's like a wide yeah. open room and you got, and I was like, oh, I'm going to check this out and I'm watching it and get out was on. I was like, oh, here we go. Okay. And I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. And I was like, oh is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Bam. Fucking nailed it. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that's insane. I, you know, cause I, you it's know, it's a I'd, surprise when I nail it. It's a surprise to me too. It, it <laughs> so looked I'm so on. painful, Anthony. It looked so painful. <laughs> I, I could hear it. I could hear your vocal cords just like pinning together, but the note, you hit it and it was holy. I thought, oh, it's rad. And, uh, I was so proud. I was like, man, that's badass. Because, you know, a lot of stuff you hear in the studio and do in the studio, and you do it a hundred yeah. times. But when you're out there, I mean, that's what you have. Um, producers always want to make, producers have always want to make me sound, sing prettier in the studio. Even Will, who like is really good at knowing like when it's appropriate to like have something be growly. Um, I always want to overdo it with it. Uh-huh. And I think that live, I end up just, it ends up just happening because it's just, it's the way it happens. But I used to be really concerned about all that stuff. It's, I didn't have as much fun singing when I was a kid because 
I was self-conscious about it. I, I didn't know how to like balance that self-consciousness with the, and the anxiety in it to make it like healthy or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard. I, I, I didn't, didn't enjoy it. I couldn't enjoy it because I was too self-conscious about it. And it took me a long time to learn how to enjoy it. I really fully enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I want to jump back here for a second because I thought I heard you say you've been off heroin Sorry. for three years. It, yes. You were on hair. I had no idea that you were using heroin. Yeah, no, it's, I, so for a long, long time, I was just like, I was like a party boy, you know, but for the last like three, I would say for the, like, yeah, it was about three years of just like almost three years of daily use got, got to like a really dark place where that was like, I wasn't really getting, like, it wasn't party boy anymore. I was like, into this thing where I was like keeping it from everybody and hiding it. My wife had found it, found it a couple times that I was like convincing her that I could go to get help. And it was just a, it was a fucking shitty situation. One day Brendan came over and was like, what's up with you? Something's up with you. Like everybody's notices it. People are, don't know what's going on. You don't talk like, do you hate me? And I just told him. And like a day or two later, I, I checked into a rehab and, Got clean and um, started going to therapy and doing all this stuff and um, it was fucked. It was totally fucked. Were you shooting it? Really, it? I really needed it. No, I, I never. I never shot it. Freebasing. Um, I was snorting it. Oh, you were snorting, I was snorting it. and smoking. But in the East Coast, you don't really need to uh, smoke it because it's powder. Yeah. So it's like you just snort it, and it's really potent. Like it's super potent. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I was in the suburbs, you know, I wasn't like trying to cruise down to the city. So I was paying lots of money to have people just like pick up and drop off stuff. And I was scheming all the time. And it was, it was like an awful thing. It, and it, it, it was an awful, awful thing. I am so fucking lucky. It's insane. You are extremely lucky. lucky. And I'm, I'm lucky now. I'm lucky now, you know, and I have to constantly remind myself. Because it's like, you you don't ever want to get to a point where you think like, oh yeah, I'm good, you know. Because I definitely fucking sometimes feel like I'm like um, I lucked out, like I got away with it. But you all your whole life, you're always like, you kind of have this thing where you're always it's always kind of not calling you in a way, but like sometimes I wonder what would happen to me if I was like walking alone, like, and I walked into like a bag. Like I even see like uh, cigarette packs on the ground sometimes. And I'll think like, I wonder if somebody like dropped their little stash bag in there or something like it happens in my brain without even thinking about it. You know, like I'll pass a spot where I, I use or something and I, it goes, it goes, it, 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 my brain just goes there. Um, but it, it, you definitely remember how shitty it was. You know, I was like a hundred percent ready to kill myself. And I had I James and Luke were little. You know? Yeah, like that's were, what I was gonna say. Your kids were they around. Were, they were around. It wasn't like you know, and the kids came and like the kids came, and I was I was having a very difficult time balancing everything. And you know, there there's a lot of elements to the equation there that get like you know. They tie into like personal relationship stuff that is like too heavy to get into. Yeah, but sure. it's like, you know, it's a it's a slippery slope when you're fucking with drugs and alcohol in a way that you're like trying to 
like uh, to numb a pain or avoid something. And most of the time that turns in viral and my shit, I don't feel like people get, a, you know, I, I, I definitely feel like I lucked out. So, and, yeah. um, it, it's, I, I still feel like I, three years is not that long. When I think about how long I was just getting faded every day, like, and if it was, it wasn't always heroin. Like I was taking pills, a lot of pills all the time like, yeah. from, I can't even remember from high school. You know, if there was something there, I would take it. Like it didn't matter if it was an upper or a downer. I would take both of them. You know, I loved drinking. Like I loved drink. Like I just, I loved to get fucked up. It was like it was like who I was for a long time. So it's, I'm still like figuring out a lot of stuff in my life, being somebody who isn't centered around like that. You know, and it makes. I mean, I feel like I have an easier time being creative. I love, I have a way easier time in every relationship I have in my life. I, I'm like able to like cultivate meaningful relationships with people and so much more gratification out of what I do, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, I'm able to actually enjoy my life, you know, um, it's like, it's it's kind of a a surreal thing even just to talk about like most of my Emotion around it is centered in gratitude, and I have it. Die. Even when it's shit is fucked, and shit gets fucked, like I'm overwhelmed with the kids, something's awful at home, or I'm fighting with Meredith or whatever, mm-hmm. I still have this gratitude, this this gratitude for everything, you know. And I think that that's something that I would not have had if I hadn't gone through that shit with with, with heroin. Yeah, that's so that that makes that makes it all worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's I mean that's a great way to look at a great outlook to have because with that imprinted on you, like you said, you see a pack on the ground or whatever, having that constantly yeah. on your back, having that gratitude hold you up is is going to be a lifesaver for you. I think that's that's a great way of putting it. And my brother was into uh heroin for a while and we didn't know about it. it started from a knee surgery, got painkillers, and then those got too yep. expensive and then he went to heroin and yeah, we had no idea what was going on, and he's still on methadone. He's weaning off of it, but he's uh, yeah, dark place. Dude, there's a whole country, whole country of people, men, women, children of all ages, who that is the story of why they are fucked right now. Yeah, got in the surgery, got prescribed this thing, got in a car accident, got in a got to hurt my neck at work. You know, so many things, and that story is is but the the story tells itself so many it, it, it's so many different things. It, and there's like a I feel like there's a big cover up in this country of the pharmaceutical industry, like trying to keep people addicted to methadone or synthetic opiates rather than really like exploring different like progressive options for therapy, like having other countries, you know, like <clears throat> where they they actually spend money, you know, on trying to rehabilitate people rather than just kind of put them through the system and kind of keep keep them addicted to something separate. Yeah. That's absolutely right. They've been sending that shit over to soldiers since Vietnam. It's true. To get through that they shit. They carry it with them. Yeah. Yeah. And they come back addicted and no one does anything. It's horrifying. And there's nothing set yeah. up. There's nothing set up. And especially veterans. Yeah. And that's another yeah. thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of shit like that in this country that that doesn't make you know we could we could be helping a lot of people. Like yeah. as a nation, we spend a, a ton of fucking money on on defending, um, you know, on defending ourselves, and it's I, I I don't know anything about 
um, running a country and how that shit should be. But sure. sometimes when I look at all of it, I'm like, I wonder, like, fuck. You know, especially right now with everything that's happening, it's just it's unbelievably fucked. You know, we're we're lifting regulations that will destroy the environment to save the coal industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fucking bullshit. Like, it's just in the name of profit. And it's, it, and it's been like that for a really long time. It's not like just this brand administration is super fucked, but it's new. It's just like, it makes me almost bummed that I, I, felt, I felt good about it for such a long time because it was wearing like a certain face, you know, yeah. or had a certain... Uh, it had like addiction that I was okay with, you know, it had like, it, it's style was, I wasn't, I, I got, I dug its style. So I was cool with it fucking being full, full of shit. Sure. Absolutely, dude. And, and, uh, I think as far as the addiction stuff goes, I mean, it's good for people to hear this because, you know, maybe, maybe your words will, will touch somebody else that's listening to this to be like, you know what, that's a good way of looking at things, you know? gratitude and and being that's always the way that the only reason why i ever would i mean i never like it like i don't really think about any of it like the reason only reason i'm never really open with it is because like i don't really care you know i don't have anything i'm 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 it's not like i'm gonna lose my job you know what i mean if it's it can only help people yeah it can only help it only helps me to hear people's hope you know and so i don't know i I sometimes when I'm like at my kid's school or I'm like talking to somebody, I'm like, oh shit, I wonder if they know about this <laughs> or something, but I, just, I really don't care. It's, I'm super fortunate that I get to do what I do and be and write about stuff that makes me uncomfortable or write about stuff and share it with people and feel so connected with people through my job. Like I feel like it's my obligation to just keep writing about the ugliest stuff that I see feel and see and keep expressing things that I love and this way so that I can stay connected to people. Sure. That's really it. It's cool that I can, it's cool that I can make money doing it. Yeah. Really awesome that I can like make a living doing it and have a family. But if all that ended, I, I would still be doing it, you know? Yeah. I definitely understand that man. And, and so like, so, so like go back to like high school, were you popular in high school or were you kind um, of an introvert? No. I mean, I wasn't like, I kind of, I was kind of, I kind of like what didn't have, well, I went to an all boys private Catholic high school uh-huh. and I didn't really have any, like I had like one friend there that lived near me and we would drive to school mm-hmm. and we were in a band together. We started, I started like my first band with this dude his name was Tom Doherty. He's one of the coolest people I ever met. He's a teacher now. And we were like in a grindcore band. It was like what got me into music, playing with this dude. And um, he, we took the bus together. Like I remember my first time meeting him. We just like I, I had like a patch on my 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 bag that I kept my cassette tapes in. This guy like had like a patch, and I was like, oh, so we talked. <laughs> it was cool, <clears throat> but I didn't have like a bunch of friends. But I also wasn't like some like I was like kind of got along with anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, this kid was the only kid I was, he was a grade above me, but he was the only kid from that school I was really friends with. I, everybody I sort of just, I sort of got along with, I, but never went to like anybody's parties or hung out with anybody or got invited to anything. I, I knew um, like people, I would go to like local shows at VFWs and stuff and just kind of like by myself mm-hmm. and just kind of try to make friends. And that's how I met Colin. 
Okay. I was like, hey, want to start a band? I was just going up to people, being like, you want to start a band? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to be my friend? That's, and and so now, I mean, it's going full circle to now where, you know, anywhere you go, you know, you know, music related, you're probably going to get recognized or, um, you know. I think where, I was kind of a, I think I was, I think I was kind of a clown maybe. Okay. I don't know. Because, I mean, well, now, where anything like that where people, you know, want to meet you and talk to you and stuff like that, but it's for a certain reason. It's not – does that feel strange to you? Yeah. I mean, uh, where because you kind are of. who you are, that's why they're there talking to you instead of, hey, that guy looks cool. I'm going to talk to him. Does that, does that yeah. throw you into like a – I mean, going back and forth from that to home and that to home, it's got to throw you into a loop. Not really, because I I know that's not real. Like I've I've known it from the beginning. Like there's never been a time in my entire like life where I've looked at that and been like, oh yeah, well they want to meet me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they they like I know what the deal is with that. That's why it's like that's the only thing that's weird about it. The only time it's ever weird is when anybody puts any weight on it. Like oh yeah, but people want it's like no dude, that's not how it is. Yeah. Like it's just it's it's like you said, it's just like a lead singer thing. It's, just, it's not anything to do with actually me. It's this other thing that they see. It's like a it's like a hologram or something, you know. Yeah. And they see somebody on stage doing some shit whether it's playing an instrument or singing or whatever. And they see ultimate freedom and they hear something that they connect with emotionally and because they feel pain too and you're just expressing pain that everybody feels and that's this connection. It's a mm-hmm. beautiful thing. And people have a way of instead of like uh, identifying that with themselves, they project this like other thing of it, you know? Yeah. I know it's not real. I, I never once in my life was like, yeah, they, well, it's about me. <laughs> I felt good. I feel good about connecting with a song and in a way that makes me feel like goosebumps, you mm-hmm. know, and then wanting, like wanting to play that for people, like that is a good feeling for me. The, everything else around that is just kind of like to buy into it, to feel good about it for more than like a fleeting second. It's like, it's kind of, it's dangerous. Yeah. I want nothing to do with it. I definitely agree with you and there. So it'll, it'll, it'll fuck your art up. It'll fuck your connection with the muse mm-hmm. or whatever it is that is, is blessing you with those little moments of goosebumps mm-hmm. and you don't want to. So I don't really fuck with it. To me, it's like, it's like a, it's just, it's funny. And it's like a, and I appreciate, I appreciate it. Like I appreciate that people connect with what I'm doing on an emotional level, but I also understand that there's like a human emotional drama that can make that real, really convoluted. I'm not trying to connect a whole bunch with that. I like that being able to high five somebody in like, you know, uh, in like electronically or like at a show or something and be like, cool. Uh, you know, we're all weirdos, you know, mm-hmm. like I want to encourage people to make music and not look at anybody in a band that's like that in a way that, that does anything but inspire them to do other things, to do action, to make something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a weird thing. It, and I, I, I think of it somehow, anyway, the more you tell people, don't fuck with me like this. This is not the way it is. I'm like, you know, uh, just trying to play music for you and this should be empowering to you rather than you trying to make something out of me that I'm not. The more you tell them that, the more I think that you're like, some, you're guruing them into something. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of this bullshit cycle. Like, listen, no, 
you you don't get it. He's like, oh yeah, you're right, man. I listen. I want to. I believe everything you say. <laughs> it's no, like dude. the minions in real life, <laughs> dude. I yeah, I don't know what to tell you here. <laughs> I find it so strange that something that you put so is it. it I, I'm picturing it in people my head like... People hear your like, song and they'll be like, dude, you're such a good person. That's what people say to me. Like, dude, you're such a good person. I'm like, you fucking don't know anything. You have no idea. <laughs> don't even <laughs> tell me. So like, oh my God, your kids are great. You're such a good person. I'm like, yo. Don't, I mean, you fucking, <laughs> don't you put that on me. I, I am not a good person. I'm not responsible for you thinking <laughs> I'm a good person, okay? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> By my record. I waited out in the rain but by the bus I, for three hours. I met Anthony Green. He told me, you don't know me, and walked off. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. It's like when people are like, oh, man, you're such a good person. I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah. But it's like, fuck, dude. Don't say weird things like that. Is it strange to you that... Say you like that, the record or something. That you, I mean, well, you put all this effort and, and uh, emotion and purity into what you do. But isn't it weird that once you shoot out, I'm picturing it as you, you know, you throw your arms out, the confetti goes crazy, right? This explosion. When you put that out there, it makes everything else around it somewhat fake. The relationships you have with the, you know, where that then becomes, it kind of turns the tables a little bit. You're putting out a pure product, but then the things you're getting back are because of that product, but it's not real in the sense that everything else, does that make sense? It like kind when you, of like when you say like um, you know they they don't want to meet you they want to meet the hologram or you know what they see the Anthony Green yeah. they know they yeah. only know that Anthony Green because of this pure output that you put out there so in turn it makes yeah. all those people I hate to use the word fake because it's not fake it's it's just they don't know you they know what they see yeah so it's <clears throat> no, kind of a weird turnaround. If fake is a perfect word for it because it's fake, it's not real. It's yeah. perfectly fine to be that way, and and it it's, it happens it, in the way that like um, in a way that like I don't know anything about Tennessee Williams, you know, mm-hmm. as a human being, <laughs> as a person. Sure. But the image of I have of him in my head, stories of his life and his plays and stuff and all that stuff that who he was as a person i might be he might be like my i might be identifying him with my uncle in my head because of traits that they might have had or something mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like somebody sees me i look like their cousin they're like i so i kind of take on the idea of their cousin in their head and, or something or they see whatever they want they see something everybody sees something different you know and and they make this thing that's fake up and they like that thing, because, or they don't like it, you know. And mm-hmm. whether either way, it's fake. Yeah. And it's okay. It happens. I do it. I, it happens all the time. The same part of our brains that keeps us alive, helping us like decide where, like, what path to go down is going to be the safest, is making those petty, weird judgments that make up the things that we decide and believe in all day. And it's not important to take so much stock in it. And it's, when you're putting out art into the world, I feel like for me, when I'm putting out myself or putting out anything, I, it's really not good for me to think about what happens after the fact, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it's easy for me to say, because I have people like who want it and who I can share it with. I, I don't know what it would be like for somebody who's sitting in a room without anybody picking up their, their painting or their song or whatever, but it's, it's, I can't really worry about it. I have to just be able to connect with it in a meaningful way and 
whatever comes back to me from it, it comes back to me. And, and the idea that people are, are the, the people believe in a fake thing or see that that's going to happen. It's just going to happen regardless. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything about it. You can't worry about it. All you can worry about is connecting to that moment. And that's fun anyway. You know, they're just trying to connect to this thing, this part of humanity. And that's why you get dra- your, your, your personality or whatever might get dragged through the mud, but, um, or dra- or put up in the fucking sky or whatever. I don't know what kind of fucking metaphor you want to use for mm-hmm. it, but it, to me, but to me, anybody who expects you to be something or, um, and just something expected of you in that way. It can be, a, it can be fucking heavy. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I just, I don't identify with it and it doesn't affect me in that way. You know, like, um, I, you know, sometimes I have to deal with it and it, when the band meets people and all this stuff, and I have no problem with that, uh, understanding that that there's a thing that's not real that they might see. But I think that the part of it that is real is, is in, is in them. You mm-hmm. know, and that's what they makes them so excited. It's almost impossible for them to like see it in themselves because it's like, I don't know, it's like so much responsibility to realize that you have that in yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So we project it on the other thing. So I'm not saying I want to try to do anything but like be there to tell somebody like to to be short and awkward and be like, hey, see, <laughs> I'm just so fucking, you know, like just like you. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I, I, you got such a good outlook on this stuff. I mean, I was always curious because you know, like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen you, and, and uh, I mean, your career has skyrocketed since then. And uh, but I've never gotten the chance to just sit and chat about it because Talk. it's and and I do it's it with weird. John all the time because John is John's fucking megastar now, and it's but him yeah. and I are exactly the same. Like I go over and grab some pears from the tree or. Uh, you know, we were at yeah. a, a play place for his daughter's birthday or, uh, our friend Wes's birthday, um, Wes's daughter's birthday at this play place, total chaos. And you Is know, Wes that used to play keys yes, in Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. No way. He's he, got a kid too. Yeah. She's too. Claire. She's adorable. She, uh, but we, we met up there and it was like, God, it just seems strange. Even to me, like just walking into the room and seeing him, it was like, I see him all the time, but there's this like weird yeah. aura that's like, whoa, wait a minute, I've seen you on TV. Wait a minute, you're John. Like, <laughs> well, John has a weird aura. He that does. That is true. He does. Before before he was a mega star, he was a mega star. You know, like he's mm-hmm. like he's got something about him. He's got there's a shine to John, and I can I I believe that 100. percent There is he's he's a he's like a one of a kind human being. He Special is. edition. That's true. <laughs> he's uh he's very he's very good at a lot of things and and uh I'm so proud of those guys and just like you guys. I mean, I so proud of, of what you guys are accomplishing and doing and and keeping it real and doing just awesome stuff. And I and uh you know, it's I'm, crazy dude. Portugal is the number one played band in my house. Like my wife listens to them to fucking run at the gym uh-huh. and my kids rock out to them. Like it's there and watching them grow too. It's crazy. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre because their career spans so many different genres and has evolved organically. It's like, it's, it's cool. It's weird for me because I got, it's weird for me just because I admire their career so much and I love their songwriting and I just, I fucking love, I love them as people. They're like, 
some of the nicest dudes I've ever known, you know, like, and, uh, I don't know. It's pretty cool. It's really cool when your friends do cool shit and you can admire them and, um, and be inspired by them. It's, it's like a, a really beautiful cycle. I feel blessed to be a part of. I, I think they're going to be in Philly in, in a day, a couple of days. They're going to be in Philly on Thursday and Friday. I'm going to try to go, try to go see them. Awesome. Get out get to shows these days i know they were they were with the beer versus shark guys over in detroit the other day so oh dude dad we did a tour with those i think we did a tour with portugal and bear versus shark yeah i you did i i was there that was it was uh those guys are those guys are fucking fabulous Every one of them. They're just great. And that's the thing. That was such a good time. You'll never meet friends like that anywhere else in your life. It's just. I wish I could remember. Unreal. I wish I could remember those times. That's the thing. I have a photographic memory of those times. And people are asking me like, dude, what what happened here? What happened here? Because I've got the the memory for it. But, uh, you know, I can remember what song was playing and everything. Oh, yeah. Like those times. I I couldn't tell you what I did two hours ago, but I can tell you. You know, like like that when Rich gave us the Seosin demo. I remember we were standing yeah. by the van in the alley. A dude was honking his horn at us to get us to move. Some mobster looking dude that we ended up almost getting in a fight with because we wouldn't move the van because we're trying to load out. I remember what the CD came in. I remember where we were and we heard it. Like, I, I remember all that shit, but I wasn't doing. John did like the first, he did the first set of animals fighting t-shirt designs. Yep. And then he did a remix. <laughs> And yeah, really I remember that now. because that's the first time that uh, he's like, yeah, they're, they're paying me like this much money. I don't remember. It was like three grand or something. <laughs> and but he had to give a percentage <sighs> to the management who didn't even procure the job. And I was like, oh, no, yeah. it's big time now. Like, you literally have to give that's him 15% of everything. And he's like, yeah, it's crazy. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, man. And I wanted to – well, I wanted to ask you, too – uh, I was talking to Johnny about this. I was doing some plumbing over at his house, and um, I was like, "Man, do you see Anthony's back with Seosin?" He's like, "Yeah," and I was like, I've, "I got to ask him. Why did I mean, me and Colin went through this whole story on his episode mm. of how you, you of well his recollection of it when you left the band and came back, and it was this total. Uh, it was one of the most romantic things I've ever heard." Uh, you know, faking, fake, like crying to get back on the airplane without a ticket yeah, to get dude. home, and like just promise me you'll start a band with me. It's just so theatrical and amazing that story. I go back and listen it to it true. every it, once it, in a while. It all, it all happened like that too. Exactly. And what what prompted you to go back with Seosin? Uh, well, I we you know I didn't I didn't leave like on great terms. Yeah, and it wasn't something that was ever settled in my mind. And I had been friends with Chris, the bass player. Uh-huh. Like we made, we sort of made up like right after I left and we had always connected. And I had been, I had been friends with Cove, the singer and, uh-huh. uh, you know, just kind of been a fan of their evolution as a band and sort of kind of came to peace with shit on my own and just kind of always wanted to reconnect with them and was afraid to uh-huh. I connect, connect with them and just be like, Hey, sorry about bailing the way I did and uh, you guys are great and you're killing it. And, um, we slowly started to reconvene like at the end of them being able to like be a band together because of just interpersonal band stuff. Yeah. And it happened naturally just cause I had been really, I'd been really wanting to like play heavy music again. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and Chris was like, 
hey, would you ever want to like help us try to find a new singer or like write help us write or anything? And I was like, dude, let me just fucking let me just do this shit. It'll be so much fun. <laughs> and meanwhile, <laughs> I was like, just I think I was like just getting starting to get like really fucked up. Yeah. On like opiates. And I was like, also, I'm also just in general, like, I think I'm the type of person for a long time. I've been the type of person who takes on too much. And it's just like, I'm like, you know, I, I like, you know, I just get hungry for things. And so I wanted to do it. And, um, it took a really long time for it to come together, but I wanted to do it for a really long time. I mm-hmm. just wanted to come back together and play those songs again and, <clears throat> and just have fun and make, make music with, uh, would like make different music, you know, just yeah. to see how it felt. And it felt really, really good. I loved it. And those guys are like, honestly reconnecting with them is emotionally one of like, the most amazing things I've ever gone through. And writing that record with them was incredible. And I loved being back in that band and being, having that freedom to go do that if I want to do it. And, you know, they all are really successful, like fucking Bo's an incredible producer. And, and Boosty is like, the bass player is one of my closest friends. He's an insane person. He does like photography work for all types of different, like free freelance for like crazy fucking windbreaker companies and companies that like have him going to like Swiss Alps. And he's like always, he's like taking pictures of sharks and doing weird shit. <laughs> Extreme guy. Uh-huh. And Alex, their drummer is like always playing drums and playing with people. And um, everybody, it's just quick. Cool. For me, I like just having, I like freedom. I worship freedom yeah. amongst a few other things. I love being able to do that. And that's, I mean, and and Justin's playing with the U's now, right? And then you guys got Phil from yeah. As I Die. Phil, Phil is, is, is been playing with us. He's like the man. He's been so much fun. That tour, we did a tour where we opened for Taking Back Sunday and Dashboard Confessional on like a Taste of Chaos tour last summer. Uh-huh. And we were just like opening the shows. We were like playing like like second of four and it was so we played half an hour you know in, in these like fucking amphitheaters and we no one was there to see us but it was like the funnest tour and we just went balls out every day and the 30 minute set you can go crazy you know you don't you can burn you can burn yourself out yeah it's really fun and we had so much fun playing the shows and we all just enjoyed each other's company and it was one of the funnest tours i ever did well, that's awesome. It's and then that's another second chance kind of deal. I mean, you've got some good, I mean, some meaty second chances in your life, dude. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like people I'm lucky. don't get. I'm that. a lucky dude. I've really, I've gotten so lucky. You are, yeah. Like uh, so many times, <laughs> so many times, I've had that thought of like, holy fucking shit. You know, a lot, a lot of things in my life come down to just fucking luck. Yeah. I mean, and you, I mean, I know we say lucky and everything else as a phrase, but do you believe in luck or do you think things just happen to happen? I mean, and you just kind of, it shined on you this time. I don't know. I mean, that's just, and that just popped in my head because I mean, I know a lot of people say I "I make my own luck, motherfucker, you know, like. Yeah. (laughs) I wish that I could sit back and be like, I wake my own luck, motherfucker. I like to think I do. I definitely have moments like that where I love to think I walk around and I manifest these things (laughs) and I'm in control and I've done this. It's only because of my dedication to positivity and hard work that this has happened. Uh But the truth is, is I have, I have no idea. And that there's a very strong possibility 
Well, you have great people around you at all times, man. I mean, you I'm have... very lucky. I'm very lucky, and I was smart, and I smart to keep really cool people like like Colin around me all the time. <laughs> dude, Colin is uh, Colin's a saint, dude. He is he yeah, is yeah. one of the coolest people I'm I have a... ever met in my life, hands He's down. He's a great dude, and uh, yeah, I am, dude. I I am so I am so for like my band is so fucking cool. Yeah, like. I, I am like Brendan is, is the guitar player from Circa is like I he and I have uh, both like he has a daughter and he lives in Doylestown we've connected a lot over the years he's like one of my best friends in the entire world and I love him so much and Nick like you know his uh, we've been through so much together uh, and it's it's crazy it's fucking insane like he's buying a new house now he lives in Doylestown too we've connected so much like. Steve just got married. I like. I was like his minister at Steve's wedding. Like, I have the coolest band. You know, and Colin was my best man in my wedding. Yeah. And the, the being like having being able to play with the Sayosin dudes. Like, I am so fucking lucky. I have like the coolest people. I got to like pick my own family in a way. Yeah. And then you get to come home to your real family, who's also amazing. I mean, and you, yeah. Meredith, well, have been through so much too. stuff. Like, yeah, and still going. You know, like it's a. Oh, are you there still Anthony yeah can you hear me okay yeah I can hear you now I think you went into the dark zone again <laughs> sorry yeah that's a uh, habit I have <laughs> dude well and, and speaking of the best family I mean you just did a new Circa record uh, right before leaving for the, how weird was that? Like creating something completely new and then going back to the past, like right afterwards. It gave us, it gave me this sense of confidence that I, I feel like I needed to have, like having this record done, like it makes me feel relief. Like I don't, there, you know, it's weird to, I don't, I, I feel like I need to, I search out for like these moments of relief. Mm-hmm. And having a record being complete, like, okay, I have this done. I have a recording of this done. The songs are written. Like, it's such a great feeling. So going into a tour where I feel like I, I know something you don't know feeling, like, it gave me this confidence of, like, fuck, I know this record's so good. And it, I don't know. I just felt so good the whole tour because of this record being in our back pocket and knowing. You know, and there was a couple times I would pull kids aside outside we're like in the VIP thing and I would play them a song and just get watch them, you know? Uh-huh. And like, they're listening for the same shit that I'm listening for in music. So it's like, it's this cool moment where I'm like, I don't know. I just, I can't wait to share it for people. And a lot of times people were coming and seeing us for the first time. Like I, so many people were like, oh, that was our first time seeing you. I'm like, really? That's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you come to this show for the first time? <laughs> I don't know anything about 10 year <clears throat> things like that. Like, like I, I never went to a high school reunion. I don't fucking celebrate shit like that. But yeah. I, I respect that other people want to do that, and I loved going back and relearning some of those songs and put it like it was a good exercise for me. And I, I love the idea that I can go do something that I love doing and people will enjoy that. That's like a, I get off on that so hard. So that's great. So I'll do that. I'll go play a record front to back. You know. Sure. And that was, I mean, it had to be a blast. Like we said, you got to do it over again, man. You got to experience it again. Yeah. And, uh, well, for the yeah. first time, I guess. 
but I feel like we, I don't feel like that there probably has stops though. Yeah. Yeah. Figuring out when that stops needs to be a, I don't know. I need to feel that out a little bit. Yeah. I think it would be cool. I, I want to, I, I have, we, we started playing, we, we do these like little VIP shows before the show where like we come and play a couple songs like in like a stripped down way uh-huh. and uh, we like stripped it back where everything's like electric and Stevie's is like this cool drum thing and it's mellow it's like really mellow but it's not like acoustic or unplugged and I want to see who are playing songs like that like in seated theaters like just doing a tour where we have like an intimate like mellow rendition of these jams yeah like and still be intense and still be you know fill with all all, all the all that juju but yeah do it this way i really i really i would love to do that in the future you know it'd be great is if you could do something like bjork did a, a tour of like th- churches or something where she used no microphone and but everyone Dude, was able to hear that is the coolest thing. Yeah, uh, I think Amanda Palmer did it too, or somebody like that. That's where what they you guys did it. The shows, no acoustic, just everything is the way. Oh, I would love that, dude. Yeah, that would be amazing. I want to do that. You could walk up and down the aisles. You could do whatever and like just project your voice throughout that building. Like that's some badass shit right there. That would be. You would need you. Would, you couldn't do it for more than like a hundred people. I feel like exactly though. That but those hundred people—that's the coolest thing. That is badass, and you know. And That's it. I'm in April. I'm going out basically for my birthday. Uh-huh. I'm like going out to California to play some acoustic shows, and uh, I just have like a bunch of new songs and new songs, song ideas and stuff I'm working on. And my wife was just like, "Yeah, you go out there and go out and uh, if you want to book some shows, you can." Yeah, <laughs> so I book a two. Sh- like two really intimate one of the the show in LA is like 200 cap little studio room and then the one in San Diego is like a similar a little bit bigger maybe but mm-hmm. just a tiny little spot I'm really excited about it. it's my my favorite thing ever yeah that's got to be an awesome change from just these packed houses of people and just a sea of faces that you really can't connect with um you know I I, I watched the you connect in a different you connect in a different way. You yeah, know, you connect like as a whole. Psychic. There's this like explosion that happens then, and like a fire. You know, fire burns like a, that's why it makes like things like it's like fire. You know, like sometimes it, it explodes and it's huge. It's fucking massive. You yeah. know, and sometimes it's just embers and it's burning and it's but it's still hot. You know. Yeah, it's and the same thing. I like. I like all of I like all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys, oh man, that's so great. And I mean, that'd be such an awesome tour. Like little, just small places that you don't have to use a microphone and just connect. Yeah. I mean, and you guys do. I mean, you guys are probably do some stuff for benefits and stuff. Maybe that would be a, uh, you know, the ticket price would go to a benefit of some kind or something where Uh, we would definitely. I would definitely love to do something like where we could go and and uh and help people that would be awesome if we could include that and i i it's definitely something we've talked about doing you mm-hmm. know but i think that entering it you know maybe we could maybe we could factor in the whole acoustic or no microphones thing to it and really make it funky i think that's really cool yeah that'd be a great that's a great idea dude and uh 
it's very challenging to do that yeah. <laughs> with all the crazy effects they have going on. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> Colin and I talked about that but, quite I mean, a bit. Maybe I maybe I get like a megaphone or something. Yeah. <laughs> Man, well, so the new the new record. When's the new record coming out? I don't know. I think I think uh, I don't know. End of the summer, maybe fall. Wow, that far. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's maybe the fall. Maybe the end of the summer. I the the, um. I I'm gonna talk to them about that stuff, but it's really. When we we're we're in a <clears throat> we're in a situation where it's like I don't know we don't really, we don't really want to get we don't really care yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like if the if the people who are helping us put out the record are like yeah we want to do it this time it's like all right cool whatever yeah it's already <laughs> we done. all have cool shit going on yeah like we don't have to sweat it I think I would love to spend that time. We're gonna do stuff this summer. We're gonna do like a some shows with AFI, and I want to spend some time writing so that by the time this record comes out, we have another record ready to go. Yeah, just be be have one in the bank. Yeah, see that's or just awesome. a bunch of really cool ideas at least. You know, so we'll see if that happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, Anthony, dude, I I really appreciate the time, man. I know it's much later there on the East Coast, but. Uh, this was a really good it's talk, good. dude. It's like, I, it's like, it's like dude, this is awesome. I love how, for a second in the beginning of the conversation, I was like, I wonder if he's recording right now because it's just like because we just <laughs> we just started talking, and uh, that's that's what I like about this shit. Yeah, it's, it's really just cool. a real doesn't conversation. Feel like it, doesn't feel like an inter. Yeah, it's just a conversation. Doesn't feel like an interview. Yeah, it's it's exactly the point, dude, like and that's exactly how. It went. And the same with Collins too. It's just like catching up and and people love to listen to that stuff. Like it's just a real it's crazy deal. That's why I like <laughs> listening crazy. to it, you know, and that's what yeah, me keeps too. me going is me too. connecting with old friends and, and meeting new people. I mean I just talked it's to Justin from weird. the Locust and Retox uh, two hours ago and I've never spoken to him in my Dude, life. I was, I was such a I was such a huge um, Locust fan as a kid. I saw them at the Philadelphia, and it was like a terrifying experience. Dude, I I agree that the power that band had was insane. We we talked about that. How Gabe uh, Serbian's drum sound check pretty much like blew my shirt off, and then they all got yeah. up there, and I was like, holy fuck! And uh, yeah. We we talked about that a little bit. They were like, they were interesting too because they were like one of the first band, like they were a brand, and nobody yeah. knew it. Like yeah. nobody knew that stuff was happening. But it was like, dude, this is a brand, and but nobody, it was it was fucking, it was uh, it was cool. Yeah, they were cool. They were really cool. He's got, and that... they were fucking weird and aggressive and handsome. You want to you want to talk weird and aggressive? They got. His new band, Dead Cross, is Dave Lombardo from Slayer and Mike Patton on vocals. It's no, going to be really? fucking insane. Dead Cross? Dead Cross, yes. Yeah, and, I'm already uh, a fan. I haven't even heard a song yet. That's what I'm telling you. And if you listen to that episode, he'll be the week before you. But uh, when uh, you hear that episode, he, he talks about how he got together with Lombardo in the first place and how all this happened. And uh, it's a pretty awesome story. But. Uh, you know, it's it's something. It's going to be a good record. I'm pretty sure. 
That's awesome. Yeah, he's an incredible dude. He's like one of the nicest people I've ever met, Dave Lombardo. Yeah, I've never met him, but I hear good things, and that's. Uh, he, he showed up at a circus show with his kid. And really? His kid was like, oh, I'm Dave Lombardo's son from Slayer, and uh, my dad and I want to come to the show. I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he came, uh, we meet, We were all just like, can we all get pictures with your dad? Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then he's like, can, we, can I get pictures with all you? And you're like, yeah, whatever the fuck you want. Take everything from merch, too. Whatever you want, dude. <laughs> we're your best friends now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. Oh my god! Yeah, but he's a super. He was just a super nice guy. Incredible drummer, dude. Incredible yeah. drummer. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks, dude. Thanks so much for including me in this and uh, fucking. Um, I can't wait to post about it and never listen to it because I don't want to hear what I say. Dude. Well, what, what well it's important like. that people hear what you had to say. You know, I, I think. No, it's, totally. I just I can't hear this. I hear the sound of my own voice, and it's a bad sound. Oh well, I've enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, I'll Anthony. see you. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you next time we're out in Portland. Yeah, man. I know you've got a, a tour you can't talk about right now in October with another uh, bunch of buddies of mine. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, be fun, maybe, hopefully maybe, before then, maybe but we'll if, be out there. Maybe we'll be out there for a day or two since Colin's place is out there. Like maybe we'll be able to get a day off out there. Dude, that'd be badass. That'd awesome. be so awesome, and then we could all get get together. All right, man. We'll get some sleep and uh, love that family, man. Thanks, dude. You too. All right. Take care, brother. You too. Bye-bye. All right, guys. That was my conversation with Mr. Anthony Green from Circus Survive and Sayosin. Had a great chat with Anthony. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you're listening on Adobe Radio, this will have the full episode up on iTunes uh, directly after it airs on Adobe. Uh, Adobe only plays the first hour. Um, so it did go over an hour a little bit, which is absolutely fine. And uh, there's much more on here uh, for you if you're listening on Adobe. Anyways, uh, we are on PeerPleasurePodcast.com. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Our Twitter is at PodPeerPleasure. And our Instagram is at PeerPleasurePod. PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com is my email. Shoot me a line. Uh, let me know what you thought of the show. Uh, if you have guest ideas or complaints or comments, definitely let us know and we also uh, have the show up on iTunes so rate and subscribe Uh, we also have our Amazon affiliate link up on the website so if you shop through there uh, 4% goes back to the show and uh, also we have our donate button as well if you feel like donating to the show whatever you feel it's worth uh, definitely helps out keeping the lights on and keeping uh, a little bit of revenue coming in to keep the cost down. So anyways, I had a great chat with Anthony Green. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We got more great content coming at you next week, uh, each Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Adobe Radio, and then right afterwards on iTunes and Jabberjaw Media. And uh, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you on the radio.